In this episode of the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with Hal Swayze, the team fields questions on renting versus buying in a tight market where it can be difficult to do both. Questions on building a home versus buying an existing home, the mortgage landscape as it pertains to recent banking situations, and a little clarification on the 1031 exchange. Now, part two of the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with Hal Swayze in a live recording March 13th from Milestone Tavern in Slow. Here's your host, James Bueno. Ladies and gentlemen, it is our second live recorded podcast. Is that what you call it? Everybody, let's give us our, give everybody a hand, make some noise. Yes, I like the I like the, the have, inserted you, clapping. You there, have the Mr. can Kingman. laughing in there. Yeah, you're not that supposed so to know awesome. about that. Come yeah, on. yeah, well, it's, you can it's tell. I fooled you the first time. No, you, you did not. <laughs> not real. <laughs> not. I like it. Hal Swayze, you're still here. How are you doing, sir? I'm good. I'm fine. I've been eating and drinking. I'm perfect. <laughs> Jay Pete, how are you, sir? Phenomenal. Couldn't be better. What are you drinking? Me? Uh, this is water. Uh, okay, the, sure, sure uh, it is. What was yeah, what's glass? in the other glass? That was uh, that was a house specialty. House specialty. House, a house, oh, house specialty. A house yeah. specialty. There's a lime yeah. in there and nothing else. Yeah, yeah, just lime water. And the gentleman at the end of the table, how are you doing, sir, Mr. JT? How are you? Awesome. Are you kidding me? I get to hang with you guys. You are awesome. Come on, actually, J- JT, you're so passionate. Yeah, you're you're definitely awesome. But, All right. But wait a minute. I'm worried oh. about the Coors Corporation. You just have a what is that? Diet Coke? <laughs> that, that he hasn't Diet punched Coke. out yet. Yeah. Yeah. He's got to punch out. Yeah, once, once I'm off work. Okay. And we're good. Yeah. Okay. Good. The first I'm, question of this podcast should be what is JT's beverage of choice? But I don't think that's a very difficult question. I think every single person in this room would know. Oh yeah. Give me a bad rap. What you don't know? It's silver. And it's bullet shaped. It's in a can. Coors Light. <laughs> you got to watch your calorie intake. You know what I mean. The correct first answer. So since you gave the first answer, you're gonna. Get, I'd say it's fair. You give the first question. So why don't you make your way on up to the microphone and introduce yourself, everybody? Give her a round of applause. Here we're starting our Q and A session for this podcast. Will you please introduce yourself and where you're from, and then go with your question? Yes, I'm Chrissy Chong Clemens. I'm from. Well, San Luis Obispo, and I actually first started working with Hal Swayze 22 years ago. Wow. That's right. Exactly. Ten years. Awesome. And then you got a real job, and now where do you work? And I want to first say thank you for inviting all of us to your podcast, and you guys have done a great job. So Thank Thank you. you. Appreciate that. Yes. So I work in the title and escrow industry for Fidelity Title and Chicago Title, and I have a lot of people ask me, should I buy or should I rent right now in this market? Oh. Oh, wow! That's well, we've a, done this podcast. Hey, so. I, this is a, this is too tough a question for the guys. Up here. <laughs> yeah. Why don't we get somebody else to? <laughs> yeah. One, I, I didn't think Hal could answer it or do right. Oh. Can we, can we have our, Man, our most senior buyer? Let's get an expert. Agent? Let's get an expert. Yeah, Graham yeah. Baldwin. He's our most. Oh, yeah. Graham Baldwin. Come on, Graham. Come on up. Come on. Will you help us? Yeah. Everybody in the podcast that listens to us will remember Graham from a few podcasts ago. Mr. Baldwin is part of Team Swayze. Mr. Baldwin, how are you, sir? There we go. Perfect. Don't walk away, Christy. You're gonna. Yeah. You, okay. Okay. In, in a distance. Okay. Rent or buy. Rent or buy. Um, so yeah, good question. Um, San Luis Obispo is a very expensive place to buy, but it's also a very expensive place to rent. If you have the down payment and you can make the numbers work, rent's just going up. It's not going down. So you know, if you can get into your own asset and pay yourself rather than a landlord, there's lots of programs available, and Ben can attest to this for first-time home buyers. A lot of times people think, oh my gosh, I have to have 20% to buy. You know, I'm not going to do anything. Well, that's not true at all. Right. Um, so get with a good lender. You know, get with Ben here and you know, talk about the options. Uh, about you know getting in as little as potentially what three three percent zero. Yeah, we should be able to 
Right. Right, 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 exactly. So there's lots of options out there. Pay yourself rather than your landlord. So that's what, that's what I'd say. So Christy, he's saying get a raise and save money. <laughs> right? Wait. Talking to a lot of potential buyers, this is very valuable information. So this recording is great so that I can share this with everybody and have more buyers to you guys. Sounds good. Thank awesome. You. Thank you Thanks. so much. Good question. Appreciate it. Yeah, if you're not building wealth for yourself, you're building wealth for someone else. Why do I feel like you're talking to me directly, Jay? I, 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 <laughs> you're looking at me the side eye. I, I don't appreciate it. Everybody buy, buy a house, Jim. And he's looking right through me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, the, he's going to get a house through you. Yeah, I, that's why. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Can oh, I so, add to that too? Yeah, please do. Because it's interesting. We were talking about this today. I was talking to a, a builder client of ours, and um, I was going, "Hey, has it gotten any you know cheaper or anything to do to build something these days?" And he goes, "Well, it just depends. Like, okay, so maybe steel's a little more expensive now, but you know, lumber's less. So overall, just the cost to build something." I don't know many times when it's really gone down, and maybe some of our great home inspectors can comment on that. It just seems to get more and more expensive. So if you look at a house as a place to live, which you should, but also as an investment, it's like some of these great uh, people that buy companies buy things for less than the sum of their parts. So you're buying something below replacement cost, right? To replace what it is you're buying is very difficult. Um, you know, it's four or $500 a square foot to build a house. That's if you have the land for free. You know, or you're doing it by yourself, but it's super expensive. So in, when you buy here, even though it's tough to get in, as Graham said, you're buying something that you could not replace by trying to build it. You're going to be upside down. And John, you, well, you built a house, but yeah, you used to be able to occasionally buy a piece of land, build a house, and have instant equity. Oh, yeah. There was a time when building your own house was economically a, a good decision. Yeah. And I can tell you from experience that uh, building a house... Uh, in the last few years was not a good money decision. It, it was a good life decision right. for us. But um, thank God for the market in this county that, that most years has appreciation in home values. Because when we moved in our house in 18 that we started building in 16, we were probably upside down in the house a couple hundred thousand dollars. Meaning right. we spent a couple hundred thousand more than we could have sold it for in that moment. Yep. But, but, but yeah. thankfully now we have tons of equity because of appreciation and in the you, marketplace. And you got a great house. You got yeah. a great house. Yeah. Ben Lerner, I just want to add to that debate on the buy versus rent. Even if it's close in payment between buy versus rent, when you buy, you're locking in that payment. If you're renting, as we all know, I was just anecdotally, I was just talking to one of our audience members here, Nick Southern, and when my beautiful wife and I were in college 26 years ago, we, our last year we splurged in San Luis Obispo and got a studio, and it was ridiculous. It was $450 a month for our standalone studio. Every month? Every month. Wow. It was ridiculous. So when you buy a home, you lock in that payment. You also have tax advantages on the interest that you pay. Could be other advantages as well. And even if it's slightly higher, it still makes sense to buy. Our, our, our solar guy that we talked to was talking about a solar when putting in the solar system, it allows you to freeze your utility expense. And I like that expression. You know, when you buy and you lock in a 30-year mortgage, which, you know, hello, you're, you're freezing your housing costs. That's right. Thank you, Ben. Yeah. Well done. So, so one, of the, one of the things that uh, when Ben helped my son buy a house up in Seattle, Don and I flew up there a month or so later to see it for the first time, and I, we sat around the kitchen table talking about money. And the, the kids were kind of fearful of this 
huge payment that they had to make every month. And um, so I said, well, let's take a look at your pay stubs. And so we looked at the pay stubs and we kind of calculated what their taxes be for the year. And we reduced their withholdings by $500 a month on just the federal side because there's no state income tax up there. So to Ben's point, with these guys, it was 500 a month in their pocket, which made that payment a little bit easier. Yeah. They moved from San Luis, where their rent was 2500 Their payment's 3800 Ouch, right? Yeah. But to Ben's point, it's better to have a $3,800 payment where you own than a $2,500 payment where you rent. That 3800 we can shorten the gap. We can buy the 500 a month that they're going to save in federal taxes. And then another 1000 a month they saved in state taxes because there aren't any up there. We, yeah. we don't have that luxury here. Yeah. So they, they were actually, when we figured it out, ahead. Well, yeah. And, and let's, so we got Tom Souls, Tom and Maria. So you guys, can you remember buying your first house? So was it a stretch? It's always a stretch to buy. It's always a stretch to buy. Never a good time to buy because it's scary. Right. But in reality, it's always a good time to buy. Right. right. It is a stretch. Okay. Yeah. Ben Lerner, that first house you and Susie got? Long, long time ago, right? Yeah. And that was a stretch. And, great way to build wealth. Right? Yeah. yeah. Good deal. I think uh, since Graham, looks like Jordan's coming up, oh, okay. uh, Mr. Knauer. Which high school did you graduate from? Slow high, baby. That away. So. <laughs> Is it better than Graham's high school that he went to? Aurora Grande Eagles? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Just check. Night and day difference. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Go right. Tigers. So, uh, JP, you touched on this a little bit, but I wanted to... Uh, bring it back up because I think it's important. Obviously, there's so many headlines in the news when buyers are looking to buy about what's going on in the market. San Luis seems like it may or may not be similar to that. So as a buyer, how do you navigate the market when there's so much stuff going on and the headlines in the market? How do you navigate that for a, a smaller community like San Luis Obispo that may or may not be different from the, the national news that's going on? I'd start with a simple statement is don't wait to buy real estate, buy real estate and wait. That's where your wealth comes from, <laughs> right? That's, yeah, like I stole that from James. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, but, but again, lean into your economist, your, your local real estate economist. I mean, we call them, we, around here, we call that a realtor, a real estate professional, somebody who knows their market. But that's just like any other field, like not all CPAs are created the same, not all lenders are the same. We've got some great ones in the room today, but not all realtors are the same either. Find somebody that's an economist of choice, somebody that knows the market, that's doing transactions, that's up to speed on what's happening. Don't pay attention to the mainline media. They're trying to sell sensationalism because that's what sells. Like, you know, property values stabilize over the last year. Does that sell the headlines? Is that going to sell subscriptions? No. <laughs> so, you know, so, so reach out to somebody that's in the know, that's a professional. I mean, you go to, you're not going to you know, perform oral surgery on yourself, right? Don't pretend to know the market and don't rely on aggregators that are marketing companies collecting data to turn around and get you as a client to sell you to someone else. Um, aggregators are out there just trying to trap your information. Look for a local resource, someone that can give you the information that you need to arm yourself uh, with the knowledge required to make the right choice. Wouldn't it be funny if they did a survey of a thousand property owners in this county and said, hey, are you happy you bought your place or you're not? I wonder what the percentage of people have said, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I bought my place. 
hundred percent. Yeah, or even ninety-nine or ninety-five. You know, so that they'd be like, "Oh my gosh, ninety-nine percent of homeowners are glad they bought their home." You know, that we never see that posted anywhere. Well, and the media focuses on the critical mass when they're doing their headlines and their reporting. They're 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 speaking out to places like Los Angeles and San Francisco. And you mentioned it, Hal, in the last podcast. People are coming into areas like ours from those areas. So there's, a, there's going to be a vacuum there, and where are they filling up? They're filling up here. So I don't think those, those major national headlines, they have anything to do with this area. Well, but even still, I think anybody that has bought a home for the most part, unless something weird happened, in most places, you know, and they've stayed there eight or ten years, they're, they're glad they did. You know, they got memories, they got, you know, financially, you know, it makes a difference. So it, it applies even more so here, though. So, yes, yeah, for sure. And I do have one more question. Shoot. So, um, obviously, there are so many agents in every different area, uh, wherever anyone's looking to buy. My main question is, what are some of the, you know, top questions that, especially first-time home buyers, but also other buyers in general should be asking their real estate agent that they're talking to so that they that that buyer ends up working with someone that's actually going to take care of them it's not just the first person they met but it's someone that's actually going to take care of their needs how do you how do you navigate that as well as a buyer I would just say it's like any other process I mean some people go online and uh, find people that way they've got um, they've got good track records or history. Ask around, you know, ask for references, referrals, you know, and then things like time in the business, experience, what's their specialty, what are they, you know, good at. Somebody asked me about commercial real estate. I said, I'm not your person, but I know someone who is. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you guys have done this. What would you say? I, I would say it's not the questions that you ask, but the questions that are asked of you. Find a realtor that cares enough to find out what your needs are to help fulfill those needs. So it's not the questions you ask, but the ones that are being asked to you. Yeah, that was my answer. That was that a really was good super answer. Super deep, yeah. <laughs> Jeez, take my that, answer that from me. You're killing me. That wasn't, you weren't going to say yeah, that. It was just what no, you You know, um, there are. There are three things that I, I think when you're talking to a potential buyer, the three questions that if I were an agent, I'd probably ask. And I, the, the first one would be, um, you know, where? Where do you want to buy? And start driving around neighborhoods and identify the areas where you'd, you'd want to live. And the second thing I'd say is, do you have a lender? And have you already been working with a lender? And then the third one, I'd say pick an agent. But I'd probably put those in reverse order I'd say pick the real estate agent first because the real estate agent can help you do the other two. You know, we have great relationship with lenders. That's why Ben's here tonight. Right. Um, but when you find that lender, that trusted local lender that we know their word is good and they get you pre-qualified, pre-approved, pre-underwritten for your loan, we know darn well we're ready to go. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Go you got to go to the top of the mic. No. Does anybody know what James does to save money? I want to know how far along are you in your envelopes? Uh, envelopes. Yeah, because my wife, she heard that she, on the podcast. Did she listen to it? Yes. Yeah. And she, I and listened she to her start, radio show, too. She started, <laughs> she, she started bugging me about it. She's like, we got to do what James is doing. we got to do works. what James is doing. I, 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 have you stuck with it? Uh, as you explain for everybody. That just say like, yes, no. James. <laughs> yeah. If you get 100 envelopes, Ben, take note. You get 100 envelopes. You, you label them one to 100 every morning. You pull one, and whatever that number is, you put that amount of money in that envelope. In dollars or 
pesos. Well, I mean, whatever you decide. 20, okay. Your, so, your pesos, so, since so, you're in Mexico. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So 20, I put in so 20. So you see pool number 20, you put 20, you pull number 90 every day. Does anybody know what you'll have after 100 days? At least, At least 100 bucks. Okay, I'm, well, I'm not going to say J- JT, that. He was late. <laughs> no pocket Ben, change. you're late turning in your math homework. <laughs> JT, how much do we have? Well, you gave us the answer a few weeks ago. Five grand. Five thousand bucks. How to save five grand in a hundred days? A hundred days, five grand. Jordan, you should try it. So one day, you'll, you'll, <laughs> one day you could be putting ninety-eight bucks in. The other day you could be putting three bucks in. But if you pull one envelope every day for a hundred days, that's five grand. And then there's your down payment, and you can go see a Grammy realtor, and and then uh, Ben and get, get a loan and buy a house. Team Swayze. Well, Perfect. Here we go. There you go. Right. Well done. <laughs> Great idea. Great. Uh, yeah. Well, you can do it. You can do one to a thousand, JT. If you want, if you would, you'd, you'd have a lot of money. Yeah, you'd, I think you'd have half a million bucks. <laughs> Is that how much? It'd be more than a hundred. I'm with you. A thousand yeah. days. <laughs> a thousand days. Uh, five, five, no, twenty-five grand. Nick's Nick's counting. Are you counting, Nick? Fifty. Yeah. Anybody? What's the average? <laughs> All right. Let's move on to. Uh, does anybody have? We, we have different. Absolutely. Come on up to the microphone. Let's. We got more questions. Let's. Uh, uh, if you could please introduce yourself and uh, let us know where you're from. Your real name. While, while he's going not your stage you never, you never answered name. my question, James. What? Have you stuck with it? It's and because I haven't done it yet. That's why. I was <laughs> avoiding the question. <laughs> got to have you, a plan. Theory, you got right? me. It is. I was just trying to be involved. All right. My name yeah. is Tom Souls, and my wife and I uh, moved to San Luis Obispo 12 years ago. All right, Tom. Yeah. And Maria. Good decision. Uh, from Orange County. So no regrets. Yeah. Um, so the question is, we have a pretty good-sized property. We live in Rolling Hills, yep. which is, you know, everything's an acre. So the question is, do we build a second house on our acre, or do we buy a property somewhere and, and use that as a rental? What, what you were saying is it's expensive to build. The land is already free. We have to put another septic tank in. We have to do leach lines. We have to do all the building permits and all the baloney that goes with that. Or do you buy a separate piece of property? Do you see what I mean? And yeah. that's always conflicting. We go back and forth because everybody in our neighborhood seems to be building, 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 building. Right. So I don't know. I mean, well, I mean, one, one thing I would say, do you, do you mind having a tenant in your yard? Uh, I don't care about that. I mean, Good. too much. So, yeah. But I mean, so that's not going to be an issue for you because no. for some people it might be. And you got an yeah. acre, so I get it. Yeah. Have Have you figured out how how big an ADU you, you would build and how much it might cost? Um, I'm thinking like seven hundred thousand. How How big would it be? Um, it depends. Like it's twelve hundred square feet, from what I understand. They extended the size. Right. Living space. 1,200 square feet okay. of living space. So Mark Adams is here. Mark's a phenomenal appraiser. So Mark, do you know, like, to build an ADU? And we talk about values when we do this. I did one. It was, it was $320,000. To build? To build. 320000 to build. Yep. It, was, it was really nice. Of course, countertop, a little bit better appliance. But you just talk to the entity, you but you're ready. It's like rent. It only goes up. Once you buy, you establish the fixed cost you got. Yeah, so what Mark was saying, so 320000 and how big was that ADU? Uh, 1200 Oh, okay. 
but then he'd put a septic tank in. So, you know, you're going to add, you know, so, so, three, so Jordan can do the math. He's been building some places. So, so what you're saying is it's, it's better for us to build something on our land than it is to buy something else somewhere else? I think you'd find that. I think you'd have a greater oh. return on that. Yeah. So, so what's that 1,200 square foot ADU going to rent for? Two bedroom, right? Two bath, probably. Okay. So, so for three hundred and twenty, round it up for the septic and the leach field, four hundred thousand, and then you can make three thousand dollars a month on that. Um, we're going to have a hard time finding a property out there around here for you that would have that kind of return. But there was a time when it was better to buy something separate, right? Wasn't there a time a few years ago when? Things were well, I think it's just easier now to build on your property. I mean, that used to be w way more onerous, you know, the restrictions, I, I, I think. I mean, we're happy to go sell you another piece of property, but I would do it on my own property. Oh, yeah. Right. Thank yeah, you. I think, I think that's right. I mean, Ben's nodding his head, yeah. Th that, the yeah. math works. I, I think 30 yeah. years from now, you'd be glad you did whichever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good you statement. Know, I mean, who's not done well that's kept a piece of property in this county for 30 years? Yeah, I, I don't everybody. know of anybody who didn't do exceptionally well. Right. In fact, yep. you talk about building wealth, that's how you do it. Right. Yeah. Buy, buy it and keep it. Right. And so here's one question that came up. So the Silicon Valley Bank was put under conservatorship by the FDIC because they didn't have enough assets. So what is that going to mean like when you have something like that happen or if it happens a little bit more for real estate or mortgages? In essence, the short answer is nothing. Okay. The reason why is that the government stepped in within a matter of 48 hours. The government came in and shored up the depositors on the banks. They've made it clear after this weekend that they're not going to let depositors, consumers like us, right. get into danger regardless of what the insurance limits are on depository accounts. So I think from a, a short answer is everybody can sleep well. Like John was saying earlier, this is a great economy and it's a great country and we protect our citizens. Right. And our government kind of made that clear this weekend. From a mortgage standpoint, I gave the antidote earlier. I think actually Jay in the earlier podcast was referencing Barry Habib. Barry made a great reference, uh, a great analogy earlier today about what the feds have been doing to interest rates. And that was it's, uh, w w the economy was sick in the sense of inflation. And it would be like a doctor, what the feds have done it would be like a doctor giving medicine to a patient, then five minutes later giving medicine to the patient again, five minutes later giving medicine to the patient again, five minutes later giving medicine to the patient again. Right. That patient's going to overdose. Right. The doctor didn't give the patient any time to see if the medicine was working. And that's exactly what the feds have done to our economy. And I think what these banks have shown over the weekend is that they need to slow down. They need to see what's happened to our economy and see what, instead of looking in the rearview mirror, they need to look at today right. and see where we are and stop looking in the past. Right. And so I think uh, what that means for mortgage rates is that mortgage rates right now have responded by going down. We will have lower rates this year, and it's not a matter of if, it's how quickly it's happening. Okay, good. So I wonder if we'll ever see a headline that says uh, with the bank failing was good news. <laughs> well, Probably won't read that in the, yeah. in, in the San Francisco Chronicle. Not at all. Yeah. 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 Yeah, who knows what's going to happen to these uh, when we have these kind of wild events like that. So thanks for sharing. Yeah, thank That's you. Awesome. Appreciate it. Good. Yes. Okay. Do we have one last question? Any more? Anybody want to step up? Uh, okay. Oh, Mr. Baldwin. It's okay that you were from Aurora Grande High School. <laughs> <laughs> this, is for, this is for J. Pete. Uh, it's a 1031 question. Um, Are we? 
I get this a lot from buyers, so just curious, and it, it might be a simple question to answer, but like kind property, mm. and I, you know, anyways, there's, there seems to be confusion around it, so could you clarify that, please? Sh- sure. When it comes to real property, um, the IRS and the state of California, because they, they, the state follows the, the Fed's guidelines here, is very, very broad. Uh, what qualifies as like kind is property held primarily for use and trade of business and or for investment purposes. Um, oftentimes, it's easier to talk about what doesn't qualify. Um, you know, your primary residence, that usually doesn't qualify, with few exceptions. Uh, there's one, uh, the opportunity of bifurcation, where the property has two uses. Like, say you've got a vineyard and you live there, that might, some part of that property then would qualify. But um, ADU? The, an, an ADU, that's another great example. Yeah, an ADU, because you've got a, your primary residence and an investment property on it. Um, so like kind is very, very broad. Uh, for some people, you know, if I'm selling a, an investment property, you know, it's a, it's got a, it's a three bedroom, two bath house with a cypress tree in the front yard. Does that mean I have to buy a three bedroom, two bath house with a cypress tree? Absolutely not. You can sell a single family residence and buy vacant land. You could buy an apartment complex. You could buy fractional interest in another piece of, uh, in a larger asset. Um, I think, so the, the real point here is if it's not your primary residence, then it would qualify as one held for investment. You could also sell businesses, like say the gas station across the street, right? that he's, the person is owning, working in that business. It's their establishment. They're selling the business with the land. They could do a 10th exchange on the land. Now, the, the um, fixtures, furnitures, equipment, the um, inventory, all those things are personal property, not exchangeable, but the real property could be. So they could sell that gas station and buy a single family residence that they have the intent to hold for investment purposes. It might be an estate planning tool. Like maybe that's where they want to retire. And that's one of the great vehicles, I think, that the exchange, the 1031 exchange can really um, uh, provide for people that see it as that, that a great, great uh, estate planning tool. Hope that helps. Thanks. Yeah. Good question. Yeah. Ben, you got a follow-up ben. question? I just wanted to add, it's uh, little known, but you can do a 1031 exchange from an investment property to a second home. So in 2008, the IRS published 2008-16, which clearly states if you're using the home for, it's a, it's, it's a dwelling unit, in quotations here, a dwelling unit has bedroom, bath, cooking facility, that you can spend no more than 10% of the time that you rent the property out or two weeks, whichever is more. So I can spend two weeks a year in the property. Um, I also have to show two weeks a year worth of income. And if I don't do that, then it's disqualified. And I have to keep it in use for that for two full 12-month periods of time, so roughly two years. Um, if I'm renting it out 300 days a year, I can spend the month there. Um, most, most people are using this as an opportunity to buy into. Again, there will be second home in the future, and they're vacationing in it for two weeks a year. Then they convert it after that two-year hold. You really want to make sure you're talking to your CPA, though, about what you can and can't do, the use, and how do you qualify the use, what happens with the income. All those things are crucial. Uh, at some point in time after that two-year period, if conversion then becomes your second home uh, or your primary residence, you could do that. But I always... Um, I, uh, always push people back to their CPA and with their legal counsel to make sure that they're crossing all their T's and dotting all their I's. Well said, Jay. I was, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can see you guys. I know. Exactly what I was about to say, but thank you. I right appreciate mouth, you yeah. stepping that. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for being here. Let's give these guys a round of applause yeah, for all audience. this great information. Great audience. Thank you so much. This has been a super successful This has been our day. best audience ever, by the way. Yes, you guys are great. <laughs> our only our, audience. Our best so. one, yeah. Everybody, thank you so much. Uh, hopefully everybody listens. Tell your friends, tell your peers, tell all your coworkers. Uh, listen to the podcast. Uh, we give some good info. So thank you again. Appreciate Five-star it. reviews, please. Yes. <laughs> we'll see you guys. Thank you for listening to the House Podcast. 
Be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast. It comes out every Monday, so check for it in your feed for the latest information on the San Luis Obispo County market. The Slow County Real Estate with House Swayze podcast is available wherever you get your podcast and on HouseSwayze.com where you can find current listings and other real estate tips. HouseSwayze.com, that's H-A-L-S-W-E-A-S-E-Y.com. I am James Bueno, Director of Marketing for the House Swayze Group. If you're looking for anything real estate, give us a call, 805-781-3750. House Swayze is a licensed California real estate broker, DRE number 01111911. The Slow County Real Estate with House Swayze Podcast is a production of AGM Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.